Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is designed especially for our podcast listeners, and it is focused on trying to help us get into God's Word for a little bit each day, about 12 minutes or so, and in so doing, help us to refocus on our spiritual lives, on our souls, and also help us keep in, con- in contact with our Heavenly Father. But in doing all of that, it also kind of equips us to better take on the day with a more positive and spiritual mindset. We encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can. In so doing, you may help them start to think about their souls and their eternal destiny. You may help them start to think about their relationship with God and maybe help them get on the right path to ultimately end up in heaven and eternal life with him. You may help them have a better frame of mind for taking on their day. So please do share. You can do that through Facebook friends. You can do that through text messages, maybe some other technological means that you have access to. So share with your friends, your family members, your neighbors, your work associates, anybody and everybody you can. We encourage you to do that. We're going to finish up our study that we've been going through for this week, talking about asking the question, can I change? Now again, I've said, I know that a lot of you want to change your life. We do things all the time that we wish we had not done. And we ask ourselves, why did I do that? Or why did I say that? Or why did I go there? Or why did I not speak up when I should have? Why did I not say no when I should have? Or say, wait a minute, you don't need to be doing that when I should have been an influence for good and godliness. Well, we cause ourselves to cringe. Can I change? Some people will say, no, I just can't change. I'm too old or I'm too set in my ways. It's just the way I am. Well, if the devil has convinced you of that, then you need to fundamentally change your thinking because he wants to lead you to eternal condemnation. You can change. God would not ask you to do something that is impossible for you to do. Think about that. Remember the Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And remember at the end of that text in Romans chapter 7, verses 15 through 25, when he keeps talking about how he does things that he doesn't want to do and he does not do things that he knows he should do. He, in verse 24, says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then in the next verse he says, he gives the answer, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Again, he had concluded I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can change. Again, God would not ask you to do something, expect you to do something that was impossible for you to do. He will be there to help you. He will be there to guide you, to strengthen you where you're weak, to hold you up when you're stumbling. If you will trust him and walk with him and strive to do, if you'll make up your mind that you're going to live that godly life. The Bible 
implies that we can be cha- that we can change by telling us that we can be made new. It also implies that we can change by commanding us to grow up in Christ, to mature spiritually. It implies that we can change by instructing us to set a good example before others. And it implies that we can change by requiring us to add the Christian virtues to our lives, to be Christians in character, in lifestyle, and not just in word. We began looking at the Christian virtues or Christian characteristics that are listed in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, where Peter said to with to be diligent, to add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, to godliness kindness, and to to, to, uh, brotherly kindness love. And then he goes on and says, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we looked at the first of those virtues or Christian characteristics last time. Let's quickly go through the rest of them. The first was virtue itself. We're talking about integrity. We're talking about a man of moral character, a person of moral character. The second one is temperance. Temperance is found only two other times in the New Testament. Acts 24 and verse 25 and Galatians 5 and verse 23. It refers to self-control. Keeping, a per, keeping oneself in check, one who holds himself in, getting a grip on himself. An athlete's discipline is an example of temperance. He realizes, I need to stay away from some things and I need to, to dedicate myself to doing some other things, such as exercise and practice and so on. And he needs to stay away from anything that will impede or destroy his physical ability to what to do whatever it is that he's striving to accomplish. Felix trembled when Paul discussed controlling the excesses of his personality, his immorality with him. He trembled. A saint is not one, a Christian is not one who gets away from the world because we have to live in this world but we have to not let the world get its grip on us and get into us in our lives. Temperance is the next one. The opposite of the let go philosophy of the wild world around us. Temperance. Those who do not master themselves are controlled by the whims of their peers or the majority or their own emotions. By contrast, Christ's personality was controlled by the point that he yielded himself only to God, and that's exactly what our mindset ought to be and our self-discipline ought to be. This surrender produces self-control. Self-control of these expressions of our personalities. We need to control our, t- our, t- our tempers, Ephesians 4 and verse 26. We need to control our tongues, how we speak, James 3, verses 1 through 12. We need to control our thoughts, Matthew 15 and verse 19, and our passions, Philippians 3, verses 12 through 16. 
Oh yes, a temperate person totally abstains from forbidden things and, restrain, and, and restrains from overindulgent in things that are overindulgence in things that are allowed. Now, the second is harder for many of us. We can avoid drunkenness, for instance, but it takes great effort to stay within proper limits when it comes to eating and exercising and recreation and sleep. The next one is patience. Uh, I'm sorry, is patience. Patience. Patience is the ability to resist evil, to bear up under difficult circumstances, to realize, okay, whatever it is that's confronting me, it's, this is not the end. I will patiently, by God's grace, with his help, his strength, his guidance, I'll work through this. It means to remain when others have departed or have left. To not flee. Unswerved by, uh, from his deliberate purpose is one understanding, kind of a technical definition, by even the greatest of trials and sufferings. You see, when the devil hits us with something that is particularly trying to our lives, oh, that's when we really need to stay patient in staying the course. No race was ever run by a runner who quit while the race was still on. He has to see it through all the way to the end. Self-control is the ability to handle life's pleasures. Patience is the ability to cope with life's pleasures. Long-suffering is the ability to endure problems all around us, including some problem people who are around us. And often, one who gives in to pleasures will give up under pressure and blow up with people who cause problems. Jesus said, in your patience, you possess your souls. Luke 21 and verse 19. Patience does not come automatically. It's a quality, a characteristic that we have to work on on, an, on a continual basis. Love. Love is that final one. And this is agape love, the highest quality or form of love. Not one that is driven primarily by emotion, but one that loves by will, by making up our mind to love. Even the unlovable. It's a crowning virtue. Love leads Paul's list of the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5 and verse 22. Love closes Paul, a Peter's list here of the Christian virtues or characteristics. Paul wrote, and the greatest of these is love, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 13. Agape love is the highest level of love, the kind of love that God shows sinful and unworthy humanity. God loves us in spite of our weaknesses and our sins. But now he expects us to come to him through Jesus Christ for forgiveness of our sins, to repent of those sins, to be baptized so that the blood that Christ shed on the cross will cleanse us of our sins, Acts 22 and verse 16. It is the love described in 1 Corinthians 13 and the, love of the, and the love the Spirit produces in our hearts, 
Romans 5 and verse 5, with brotherly love. We love because our likenesses to others with agape love, we love in spite of our differences with others. Now, again, brotherly love, that's more, that's easier to, to exhibit and to feel because we like those people around us that we exhibit brotherly love before. But agape love, that's the kind of love that says, I'm going to love you even though you don't like me. Even though you cause me problems, I'm still going to love you. We love in spite of our differences with others. That's agape love. And this too, too does not come naturally. We must consciously and conscientiously develop it. Can I change? By God's grace, with his help, with his strength, making up our mind to walk with him and strive to be what he wants me to be and trusting in him for the strength when I come up weak? Yes, I can change, and so can you. Let us pray together. Father, thank you for your love for us, and thank you for promising us, assuring us, that we can change where we need to. Please guide us to make these changes according to your will, so we can be with you forever in heaven. Praise and glory and honor, and thanks be to you, Father. Please, Father, forgive us. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.